And the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is that reading from the prophet Micah, and especially verse 5. And he shall be their peace. Peace, peace, peace. The idea of it allures the entire world. And yet the reality of it seems to elude the entire world. I mean, just look around the world. Afghanistan continues to be a country filled with violence and war. Our troops will soon leave Syria, but the unrest will continue. The Palestinians and the Israelis continue to war, just as they have done ever since the time that the Holy Land was first given. Yes, the war in Iraq surrounding the insurgency continues to be so bad that almost 5,000 lives were claimed in it this year, making the grand total somewhere around 300,000 lives. We live in the fear that one day something as horrific as 9-11 might again happen in our country. And countries everywhere, it seems, build more and more destructive weapons of war, even though everyone says their purpose is peace. Peace. Yes, the idea of it allures the entire world. It seems the reality of it, however, seems to elude the entire world. Just look around even closer. Families are often in a state of shambles. Parents fight and eventually separate. Children live in broken homes. Relatives treat each other with contempt rather than love. Friendships, they often seem more fragile than fine-blown glass. Peace. Well, yes, the idea of it allures the entire world, it seems, but the reality of it seems to elude the entire world. Think internally. Depression eats at so many to the point where the very thought of functioning normally is a struggle to be overcome. Anxiety causes people to fear doing even simple things like leaving the home or gathering with other people. Fear of being hurt or being left alone, well, that causes people to avoid relationships that involve any trust altogether. Guilt causes many people to lay awake at night, pondering the consequences of all of their mistaken deeds. Medications, well, they flow freely, and yet they have not produced peace. Peace. The idea of it allures the entire world. The reality of it, however, seems to elude the entire world. While many people in our country still say they believe in God, the truth is that an increasing number of people don't really know where they stand before God. So many people try to work their way towards a better eternity. Others hope that perhaps they'll be accepted by God based on the faith of another, be it their parents or their grandparents. Sin is often ignored 
in order that the guilt that can come with it can be ignored as well. The whole idea of sin is being removed from the consciousness in order that people can do what they want without any sort of outside rules or norms to constrain them. The existence of God itself is warred against on TV and in books because people really think they want to know what it is to live in a world without God. Well, yes, many people still claim to have peace with God, but the truth is the very constructs that they have created around themselves don't provide any assurance that there is peace with God. And in the midst of all of this, which is not peace, our text for today simply comes and speaks these words about the one who is coming. It says the one who is coming, he will be their peace. He will be the peace of God's people. Oh yes, this one will come forward as a baby in a town too small to even be listed among the nations of Israel. But despite his humble beginnings, this one will be the very peace of God's people. He will stand right in their midst and he will bring peace. But truth be told, it all seems a little unlikely, doesn't it? I mean, national and international assemblies can't broker peace, even for a short time around the world. People who genuinely love and care for one another can't seem to get along, even for the smallest periods of time. And all the best doctors and chemists in the world, well, they haven't found that perfect pill that will just give someone perfect peace. And no, all the authors of the best-selling books aiming for the same have not stumbled upon it either. And yet we're to believe that some little baby born in a town about the size of sandstone will bring peace to the entire world. I mean, not even the great King David, with all of his might and power, could bring peace. Instead, he warred most of his reign. So how is one born in the same town as King David ever going to bring peace? How could another one born in Bethlehem be any greater than David? Are we waiting for one who will simply come and not deliver on his promise of peace? I mean, we've heard lots of those before. Lots of people that have promised peace and not delivered it. So are we simply waiting for another? Why would he succeed where everyone else has failed? Well, the answer to that question is found all over our Old Testament reading. For there we learn that this one that is to be born is not indeed just an ordinary baby from an ordinary town. No, our text says in fact that his goings out are from old. They are from ancient days, prophesies Micah. No, it's not that guy dressed in red that's coming to town, but instead it is God himself dressed in human flesh that is coming to town. The one we will celebrate soon in the manger, well, he helped create the world. In fact, the Bible says nothing was created except through him. He then watched as sin destroyed the world. And now he leaves heaven again. 
in order that he might fix all things. Yes, he leaves heaven to come and to make all things well. You see, in this Advent season, we rejoice to know that there are no more middlemen, so to speak. I mean, God used lots of people throughout time as his spokespeople. As the Bible puts it in the past, in many and various ways, he spoke to his people. But now in this last time, he has spoken to us through his son. And his son is the only one that can truly bring peace. And how does he bring peace? Well, not only is he that king of old with great power come to rule again, but our text tells us that he is also a shepherd. Yes, not only is he God Almighty, powerful enough to bring peace, but he is also a shepherd close enough and intimately involved enough with his people to assure that that peace comes and continues. Oh, God will not rule from afar. He will come right and be in the midst of his people. He will be lying there literally between Mary and Joseph in order to be the one to take care of all of their problems and all of their lack of peace and thankfully all of ours as well. He will protect his people like a good shepherd. He will provide for them like a trusted shepherd. He will lead them to peaceful waters like only an experienced and skilled shepherd can do. Yes, the one who is coming very soon in the manger and will come again soon at the end of all things is indeed the peace of God's people. He's our peace. He's your peace. And truthfully, if all of us simply receive the peace that he offers fully and without condition, well, then wars would all cease and conflicts would end. Marriage would be that blissful bond that God intended back in Eden. Families would be those perfect places of refuge. And inner peace would not just be a dream, but it would be a reality. But instead, so many times, we try to receive the peace that Christ offers mixed with all sorts of other things we desire as well. We want Christ's holiness mixed with a little sin and a little selfishness. We want his truths mixed in with a little worldly wisdom. We want his direction and counsel mixed in with a little bit of our own plans and our own strategies. But such mixing, it doesn't work. You know, the Prince of Peace has to rule. He has to reign in order to bring peace. And so he is our peace, so long as we do not allow sin to take over his reign in our life. In this season, then, let us lay aside all of our sins and all of our searching for peace apart from this one who is coming in Bethlehem. Let us confess to him all of our failings. For when we cry out to him alone, then we receive his peace. And when we receive his peace, we are at peace. Yes, we are at peace first and foremost with our God. We need not worry about how God feels about us, for we know that he has sent his son to live and to die for us, and therefore our relationship with God is perfect, just as if we had never sinned even once. 
We no longer have to fear what might happen when he returns, but instead can look forward to that day with great confidence. Confidence only being covered in the blood of Jesus can give. Yes, we know that we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we are set free then to live at peace with all people. We can bear with one another in love. We can forgive as we have been forgiven. We can be peaceful towards others because we are truly at peace. This can happen in our congregations and in our communities and in our families. God's peace comes to us and then it filters out into all of those relationships we have each day. Will this world ever be a perfectly peaceful place? Well, no, of course not. Because not everyone, us included, will ever let the peace of Jesus just reign over everything. But know this, there is coming one who brings peace. And he will bring perfect peace one day. He will bring it as we hold on to him and him alone for our hope and our joy. Dear friends, one is coming soon. He will be born in the humblest way, in the humblest town. But don't be deceived. That babe, he is your peace. That child, he is your God. Yes, that baby. He will be right in the midst of your lives, shepherding you. So if you look for peace, if it allures you, don't let it elude you. Instead, simply receive Christ and the peace he brings. For as the prophet says, he is our peace. Amen.